Welcome to the RE Exam Podcast, where the RE stands for real estate. Today we're going to be having a sample audio lesson for the state of Georgia. This is lesson number one, and it's called the real estate business. The total length of this lesson is about 27 and a half minutes. The full series of audio lessons for the state of Georgia is nine hours and 36 minutes. And in this podcast, you're going to be getting some sample lessons for the state of Georgia and other states if you listen to this podcast very often. Now, we are not a substitute for reading a book, attending classes, or any other method that you may use to learn the material needed to cover the real estate exams in the state of Georgia. In fact, you probably are required to take specific classes from schools that are approved by the state of Georgia. These audio lessons are simply to help you learn the material and reinforce the material that you're learning in those classes and in the books that you would be reading for these classes. It's not a substitute, but it does allow you to prepare for the exam when engaged in driving, exercising, or when you cannot sit in a classroom or read a book. We offer real estate lessons for various states, and if we don't offer the real estate lessons for the state you're in and you want it to be available, drop me a note, franz at reexampodcast.com. We also allow you to sign up at the website and receive five free audio lessons. These lessons would be delivered to you on a daily basis, so you can listen to the five sample lessons much faster than you would if you're waiting for the podcast to release. Now, now let's get on to today's lesson. Welcome to this lesson entitled The Real Estate Business. In this lesson, we will be talking about just a general overview of what it means to be in real estate, the kinds of categories of jobs that you can do and what people in each of those categories actually do. At the end, we will give you a little quiz to see if you understood what you learned today. So let's go ahead and get started. So when you think about it, real estate is the largest single industry in the American economy. Everyone has to have some place to live, or, or at least trying to find some place to live. And any business has to have things like a place to do business, a place to store their goods and services. Just about everyone needs real estate in one way or another. And so the business of real estate, if you want a definition, we talk about creating, managing, and demolishing different kinds of property. And there are many different kinds of categories of property that fall under real estate. Basically anything that can be bought or sold on the market. And a real estate professional are people or organizations who perform a real estate service or function. And there are many different things. So let's talk about first the broad categories that real estate falls under. So we have first creation and improvement, then management and maintenance, demolition, investment ownership, regulation, and transfer. So those are six major categories of things that you can be as a real estate professional. So let's go ahead and break each one of these down. What do each one of these things mean? So first we have creation and improvement. And that is just a saying that you take raw land, land that hasn't been developed yet, there's nothing on it, and you go ahead and you make something out of it. You 
develop it. You put a property on it, and then it, it's better than it was before. It's more valuable because you've done something good with it. And examples of people in this field are developers, landowners, mortgage lenders, architects, engineers, interior designers, and different subcontractors that work with construction companies. And then there's also, you have to think about the side of the legal aspect of it. Real estate attorneys, title companies, surveyors, property insurance, and other people who oversee government regulations. All of those people are in this phase, in the creation and improvement phase. Then we have management and maintenance. And this is the phase of people who look after the property once it's actually been created. So in the first phase, they go ahead and create and develop the property. And then in this phase, you have to manage and maintain the property. So there are two different kinds of managers. We have property managers and asset managers. Property managers oversee specific properties on behalf of the owner. So if you own a bunch of apartments, you don't want to have to manage every single one by yourself, probably, unless you want to make that your full-time job. So you pay someone, a property manager, to do that for you. And so they look after the building, they talk to people who live there who have problems, they can take the money from rent and funnel that where that needs to go, and so on and so forth. And then asset managers oversee groups of properties or portfolios of properties. In this case, they're more looking in the investment side of things. They're not managing the day-to-day -day operations of the property. They're more like trying to make money through the property on behalf of the person who is employing them. Different people in maintenance include engineers, technicians, janitors, and whoever else is needed in order to maintain a piece of property. So we have building the property, maintaining the property, and then finally we have destroying the property, also known as demolition. Now, demolition is just getting people out of the property and destroying the property. And people destroy properties when, so they're old, they don't have very much use anymore, and so they just get rid of them because they want to be able to build something else on that land. Then we have investment ownership. And this is a part where a person is not trying to actually live in a property by buying it. What they're trying to do is to make money off of it. And so they invest in different properties as a way to hopefully make some money. And so it's kind of used like other kinds of investments. You can invest in the stock market, where you invest in companies. But in this case, you're investing in real property and trying to make money by buying low and selling high or buying and improving the property and then selling it at a much higher price than what you paid for it. And then we have what's called regulation. And all real estate, no matter what it is, whether it's houses or businesses or warehouses, whatever, it's all regulated to some degree by the federal government or the state government, or the city government. There's just one way or another that it's regulated. The different ways that they're regulated is, for example, zoning. You have to be able to say what kind of property is allowed to be built where. Taxation is another way that the government regulates. In many areas, there are different property taxes that have to be paid. And then another housing administration rules. And people in this sector include public planners, zoning people, 
building inspectors, you know, they come through and make sure things are all up to code. And other federal administrators for federal laws like the Fair Housing Act, they're making sure that the rules are being followed and that nobody's being discriminated against, that sort of thing. And then finally, the last category is transfer. And transfer just means people that facilitate property moving from one owner to another. So I'm sure you could think of a lot of people that fall in this category. This is where the rights are bought and sold. But also they can be leased, they can be inherited, they can be exchanged. There's a lot of different ways that property can be transferred. And so people like real estate brokers and salespeople are all people that work in this industry, but so are mortgage bankers, appraisers, insurers, title companies all also help out in this phase of the process. So those are the broad categories of different kinds of real estate specializations. But then you can specialize even further. We're saying, yes, I'm in one of these broad six categories, but then you can also talk about the type of property that you want to specialize in. So there are many different kinds of property out there depending on the function of the property. So for example, you can be someone that specializes in residential properties. And residential properties are ones where people are going to live. So it could be single family homes, duplexes, condos, townhomes, apartments, a lot of different things that fall under that category. And so there are people that are dedicated to how these are bought and sold and whatnot. Then we have commercial property. And commercial property usually refers to not only retail properties, but also office buildings, places of business or where employees are going to be doing their jobs. And usually from commercial property, the person who owns the commercial property is trying to make a profit off of it. They're trying to make money in some way, shape or form from the commercial property. So some real estate people work mostly with commercial properties. Then we have investment properties. And these are ones that are just held for investment purposes. You're just trying to make money by, as we mentioned before, buying at a lower price, selling at a higher price, and going from there. Some properties though are even more than one of these things. So for example, a bank can have retail as well as office operations. A distribution center can have so I could have a place that's like a warehouse, but then also have some office space that's attached to it and so on and so forth. Many people who start out as licensed real estate employees start out in a residential brokerage. So they're trying to find places for people to live. That's a pretty common thing. And then later they branch out to do other things. So there are certain tasks that someone who's doing a residential brokerage is going to perform. For example, locating a buyer for a seller, you're locating a seller for a buyer. So you're trying to find one other half of the equation, either someone's trying to sell their house and you're trying to find someone to buy it, or someone's trying to buy a house and you're looking for someone who's selling a house. You're locating a tenant for a landlord or a landlord for a tenant. So instead of helping someone's buy a house or a property, you're trying to help them rent a house or an apartment, that sort of thing. These are tasks that you can specialize in as well. So you can specialize by property type, by a geographical area, by a type of transaction, by the type of client, 
or by the type of relationship. So all of these things are different kinds of brokers that you can be. So let's talk about each one of these different types to give you an idea of perhaps what kind of broker you would like to be. The first is property type. Since there are many different kinds of properties and there's different rules that govern different types of properties, you might want to think about specializing in a certain kind of property. So whether you're going to sell houses, where you're going to try to sell office space, why you're going to try to sell to big companies like warehouses and factories, or whether you're just going to try to sell land to people. That's another way that you can sell residential lots and that sort of thing. Another way you can specialize is in a geographical area. One thing that you're going to be required to do as a broker is maintain current and accurate data on the properties that you're working with. That comes a lot harder to do if you have a really large geographical area. And so it's a really good idea to go ahead and say, this is where I'm going to focus my business, this town or this part of town or this county, or if it's not very heavily populated, that sort of thing. If you're going to try to look at a certain set of subdivisions in large, heavily populated areas, that's a really good idea. You're just trying to find people that want to buy and sell homes in the subdivisions. And you know that there's lots of people coming and going. So you specialize by a geographical area. Then we have specializing by type of transaction. And so there are different kinds of transactions. There are sales, where you're trying to actually sell the property from one person to another. Leases and subleases, where that's where you're negotiating rental terms or sub-rental terms. So someone rents it and then the person who rents it rents it out a, a part of it out again. Exchanges and options. So each form of these transactions has different paperwork. There are different rules that need to be considered for each one of these. And so it can be a good idea. For example, let's say you live in a big city and there's buying property is really expensive. You might want to specialize in uh, leases and subleases where you're trying to get people into leases or subleases because that's the option that most people are taking in the city. So that might be something where you can specialize, get really good at that paperwork, know all the rules. And so people will then have an incentive to come to you because you are so knowledgeable about that. And then another category in which you can specialize is by type of client. A lot of the times brokers can represent either side of the equation, either the buyer, the landlord, or the tenant, the seller. And so it's important to make sure that there's not a conflict of interest. And that can be really hard if you try to use one person to represent both the buyer and the seller, because they have opposite goals. One wants to sell high and one wants to buy low. And so you're trying to find somewhere in the middle that can be a little bit difficult. So it may be a good idea to go ahead and specialize in either helping people buy houses or helping people sell houses or rent houses or find people to rent their houses or apartments, whatever. Or you can also specialize according to the type of business. You're trying to help restaurants, find restaurant space, for example, or trying to find companies or trying to find office space for different companies. You can specialize in that sort of thing so that you don't have to sort of cast a really wide net and kind of know everything about everything. You can know everything about a certain type of thing, what makes it a lot easier for you to really know everything that you need to know. And then finally, we have type of relationship. That's another th way that that you can specialize. 
And so the type of relationship, like there's different ways that you can get paid, whether you're getting paid just a simple flat fee, whether you're getting paid on commission, whether you are on retainer with a brokerage, whether you're getting a salary or it's some sort of combination of the two where you get a minimum salary plus some more in commissions, you specialize by being one of those types of people as well. Finally, for this lesson, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about regulation and licensing. It's extremely important that you go through the proper channels to get a license before you step out and do anything that is in real estate that requires a real estate license. And basically that's just about anything. The only people working at a real estate brokerage don't have to have a license are people filing paperwork or answering the phones, that sort of thing. So the real estate industry is one that is heavily regulated at every level of government. There are all sorts of rules and regulations to protect both the buyers and the sellers and the people facilitating the buying and the selling. There's a large body of court decisions, so things that have gone on over the years that's called common law that talks about how real estate is managed. And so there are laws that have to do with agencies, with contracts, disclosures, with the environmental impact that real estate has on what constitutes fair housing. And in addition to all these federal, state, local laws that are piled on, the real estate industry has its own sort of code of conduct. These are ethics that any person who is a good real estate broker is going to follow. For example, the National Association of Realtors Code of Ethics, it reflects the law. You know, so it starts with that as a sort of a foundation, but then it sets an even higher standard of performance for the people who follow it. And one thing that's really important going into the industry is that you understand both the basic laws that have been set down, but then also the ethical standard that is expected of people who practice real estate. Here's an idea of some things that the laws regulate in real estate. For example, they talk about how escrow accounts and deposits and fees are handled. Escrow accounts are those holding accounts that money goes into temporarily while a real estate transaction is going through. They talk about what is fair game in advertising. Well, that's a big one with certain things that have to be in every advertisement and the things that you have to disclose and the, so the tactics that you are allowed and are not allowed to use. The different guidelines for dealing with clients and customers. What do you have to disclose? What sort of things that you need to do to make sure that your customers are in the know enough about what's going on, that sort of thing. And all of these things are regulated in each state by the Real Estate Commission. So in the state of Georgia, you have what's called the Georgia Real Estate Commission. And that's just a group of people that is in charge of administering and enforcing any of the laws that have to do with licensing. They're the people that originally say, You've met the requirements for licensure. You can go ahead and be a licensed real estate broker or say, no, you haven't, and they'll deny it. They're the people that who, after you have your license, will say it's time to renew your license and will then determine whether you've completed enough continuing education to allow you to renew your license. They're the people that if you get in trouble are in charge of saying what the punishments should be, that they can suspend your license or take it away or give you some sort of other discipline as a way of punishing you for breaking the rules. 
So these are all things that the Real Estate Commission does in every state. And the Real Estate Commission is headed by a person known as the Real Estate Commissioner, who's just in charge of seeing that the commission fulfills its duties. And the commission itself can also pass its own laws and regulations that further clarify the state laws. So let's go ahead and go back and review, and you can test yourself to see if you understand what we talked about today. So how this works is I'm going to ask you a question. I'll give you a few seconds to think about it. You can go ahead and pause the recording if you like to think about it some more if you need more than a few seconds. That's quite all right. And then I will give you the answer and you can go from there. Okay, so the first question is, why is real estate the largest industry in the American economy? That's because everyone needs real estate, just about. Whether you are finding a place to live or to work or you're a business and you need places to store your goods, you need real estate. So that's one reason why that's the largest industry. My second question is, what are the six real estate activities, these big categories that we talk about? What are those six categories So we've got a few, we've got creation and improvement, management and maintenance, demolition, investment ownership, regulation, and transfer. So now let me ask you about a few of these and see if you can remember what these are. What does it mean to work in the creation and improvement sector of real estate? The creation and improvement sector is the one who takes raw land and builds something on it, improves the land in some way, whether you're building a house or a warehouse or a business, whatever. That's the creation and improvement sector. Now, what does it mean to be in the management and maintenance sector? What are some examples of people who work there? So a good example of someone who works in this sector is a property manager. That's someone who manages, oversees the day-to-day -day operations of a building or an apartment building or whatever it is. So those are people who are taking care of buildings from day to day, maintaining them, repairing them, just doing all the things that are necessary in order to make a building work and to make money if possible. What does it mean to be in the demolition sector of real estate? Go ahead and answer that question. Demolition is pretty straightforward. That just means that when property has outlived its usefulness, where it's no longer economically viable, they destroy the property. They get rid of it. So that's what it means to be in the demolition phase. The next one is, what does it mean to be in the investment property side of things? What does that mean? That simply means you're buying up properties as a way to make money. You're trying to invest in the future, hoping to buy lower and sell higher so that you will be able to make money in the future. 
My next question is, what are the three types of property specialization that we mentioned? What three types of property could you specialize in? So we have residential property, places where people are going to live. We have commercial property, places where people are going to do business and hopefully make money. And then we have investment properties, where they're properties that are meant as an investment. My next question is, what are some tasks that a real estate broker is going to be doing? Some of the main tasks that a real estate broker does. See if you can name some of those. Well, we have locating a buyer for the seller, locating a seller for the buyer, locating a tenant for a landlord, or locating a landlord for a tenant. So whether or not the property is bought or leased, the broker is sort of an in-between person who is helping a person locate someone else that they're interested in doing business with, and the broker uses his or her expertise in order to do this. My next question is, when we're talking about specializing as a broker, what are some other ways that you can specialize your practice? So you can do it by property type, geographical area, type of transaction, type of client, or even type of relationship. So if you're going to specialize by property type, what does that mean? That means that you only specialize in a certain kind of property, such as only selling residential and buying, helping people buy residential or commercial, whether that's office or retail, you're working with industry, or even if you're just selling land. Why is it a good idea to specialize in a particular geographical area and only have a certain geographical area be where you do business? One of the reasons is that you just have to be able to keep track of everything and keep really good records. If you allow yourself too large of an area, then that's going to be very hard to keep track of. So it's a good idea to get to know just one area if you can. It's a much easier to become an expert about a particular area where you set the boundaries and say, this is where I'm going to specialize. Anyone who's in those boundaries can come to you and decide to make you their broker because you have that expertise. My next question is, why is it a good idea for a broker to specialize as to type of client? And what are some examples of specific types of clients that a broker could represent? So it's a good idea, once again, to become familiar with the ins and outs, the paperwork and the laws that are based on that particular kind of client. And so some examples could be they only represent landlords or they only represent people in a certain industry, such as people who own restaurants or hotels, that sort of thing. Okay, my next question is, what are some things that laws, specifically real estate laws, can cover? What are some things that they regulate when it has to do with real estate? So there are many different things, and this is certainly not everything, but for example, they 
regulate agencies, disclosures, what, what has to be told to clients when you're working with them, the environmental impact of different things, and making sure that fair housing rules are adhered to. My next question is, who are the people that actually enforce the laws when it comes to real estate? What is this group of people called? So this group of people is known as the Real Estate Commission, overseen by the Real Estate Commissioner. And these people are make sure that the laws are being followed. And so there's one in every state, including Georgia, that's just known as the Georgia Real Estate Commission. And my final question is, above the regular laws, what does the Real Estate Commission do? What does it establish on top of the already existing governmental laws? So on top of that, it establishes its own ethical guidelines that are on top of everything else. They establish ethical guidelines that hold people to an even higher standard than the regular laws do. And that is going to be all for our lesson for today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the lesson today. If you are interested in getting five free audio lessons, go to the website and if we have the lessons for your state, sign up for the five free audio lessons for your state. On a daily basis, you will be mailed links for the different audio lessons that we offer for your state. And you will receive a total of five sample lessons for you to decide if you would like to purchase the full series of audio lessons. Again, go to the website reexampodcast.com and sign up for the five free audio lessons. If we don't have audio lessons for your state and you're interested in them, write me a note, franz, F-R-A-N-Z, at reexampodcast.com. Best of luck in your studies.